the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Jesus gives us in the Gospel of John these seven I am statements. He's introducing us to who he is, and that is very significant because when you understand who God is, it begins to change who you are. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Jesus had just given sight to a blind man. This is a continuation of his teaching. Imagine what that was like. This man, blind from birth, he had never seen people outlined as the figures he would see. He had never seen the pool that he would regularly sit by. He would never see the places of worship that he would go into. His world changed. And that's what Jesus is. Jesus does when you encounter him. You see things differently. Your perspective changes. I want you to understand no matter what we're facing, whether in a crisis like the one in our midst today or anything you will face in your life, when God opens our eyes to the presence of Jesus, it changes everything. And if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, that should be evident. It should be evident in your countenance. It should be evident in your attitude. It should be evident in your your actions. When everybody else is running around panicking and buying up all the toilet paper and, and wondering what in the world's going to happen, you go forward, yes, in wisdom, but in faith. Wisdom and faith are not at odds with one another because you have confidence in the one who's changed everything. That shepherd becoming the door, it had further meaning for those sheep. They knew their shepherd, but their shepherd knew them. Maybe I just need to remind you of that truth today. The shepherd knows your name. I love that song. Maybe you remember some of the little chorus. He knows my name. He knows my every thought. He sees each tear that falls and hears me when I call. Maybe, maybe you need to be reminded today that He knows you. He knows your name. He knows your nature. Some of you are you're more wired to worry. And, and a lot of times it's because of what's happened in your life. You went through something very difficult. You you went through challenges that were unfair and uncalled for. And, and as a result, you view things differently today. 
But understand, when you've got the perspective of Jesus, that changes even those things. Because he knows your nature. He, he knows your weaknesses. And he knows your needs. He knows everything you need. Do you believe the scriptures when it says in Philippians 4 that my God shall supply. He will supply. He does supply your needs. Not according to your standards. But according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. So I would just ask you, take a step back. Are you viewing this current situation? Are you viewing your life through the perspective of the presence of Jesus? Do you realize, have you accepted that nothing's coming to you without first going through him? That's a big deal. My friend Ray and I spent some time together on on Friday evening. And he was telling me a story he had this week, an encounter at Lowe's out in the parking lot. You know, our current situation with the coronavirus has everybody talking about sickness and maybe some even thinking about death. And this young man asked him, hey, what do you think about this? Are you afraid you're going to get it? And and Ray, as only Ray could say, said, well, no, I'm saved and born again. I love the way I hear Ray say it. He says, I'm saved and born again. And he said, that means that Jesus has got me. So nothing's going to touch me that hasn't first come through Jesus. So if Jesus wants me to get this virus, I'm going to get the virus. And if I go see Jesus, I just get more Jesus. But if Jesus doesn't want me to get the virus, I'm not going to get the virus. And I still got Jesus. What is that? That's just perspective. That's understanding uh, that the door is there for me, that he is filtering everything that comes to my life. That means he's never caught off guard by it, and he will see me through. Though they're not the smartest animals, those sheep, they could not miss the presence of the shepherd because he was the door. So we better not miss his presence. God's ultimate provision is his unfailing presence. Hold on to that truth today. His greatest gift is that he's with us. And that should change things in our little corner of the world. But because Jesus is the door, he also offers us protection He offers us protection. Well, you think, well, protection from what? Jesus didn't leave us curious about that. Look at what he said in verse 1. He said, protection from the thief and the robber. And in case you were confused, in verse 8, he says it again. There are thieves and robbers. And in verse 10, he tells us what thieves and robbers do. They come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Hey, I want you to understand this. There will always be counterfeits. There will always be liars. There will always be those who seek to divide and distract and destroy. And Jesus is saying, it's okay. I've got this. I'm not caught off guard. You just beware, you be wise, and you be ready. As Christ followers, we have to understand we do have an enemy. He's real. In my translation of Scripture, I would say it this way. He's alive and well, and he's after you and your mama. But he's a defeated foe. He's already lost the battle. There's only so much he can do. 
So how does he attack us today? Well, he, he does those same things. He, he tries to rob our peace. He tries to steal our joy. He, he tries to destroy our lives. Do you know what I've noticed? He's got a common playbook. Let me just tell you some of the things I think he does. First of all is fear. Now, this is what the Bible says. God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us power and love and a sound mind. So I would say to you, scripturally, if you fear anything but God, according to scripture, you're sinning. But the enemy breeds in fear. So what do we do? What time I'm afraid? I trust in you, the psalmist said. I would just ask you, do a quick inventory of your life. Is the enemy using fear in your little corner of the world today? But you know something else he traffics in? He traffics in falsehoods. He's the father of lies. And man, I would just tell you what, in 50 years of life, I've seen people get so much messed up as they're chasing lies, as, as, they're, as they're trying to, to go through life, but they're, they're operating in falsehood. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. Don't fall into those traps. You know what else he does? I think our enemy is the one who invented this term, fake news. <laughs> That's what he's all about, fake news. He's trying to tell you there's another way. You don't have to trust the shepherd. You don't have to depend on the door. You don't have to look to Jesus. He's going to do everything in your life to get you distracted and keep you from the real thing. So what's the antidote? The antidote to fear is peace, right? We have the peace of God. We've got the presence of God. Oh, I love Philippians 4. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, make your request known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. In this season of uncertainty, ask God for peace. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. You can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says... The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. What about this falsehood, these lies? What's the antidote to that? Well, it's truth. It's truth. You've got to decide, do you believe what God says or, or don't you? 
And and church, this is a time where as Christ followers, we must stand up and and help people understand. For us, this is not simply a religion. These are not rituals. We have a relationship with God. And because of our relationship with God, we have confidence that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. He means what he says he means. And we can trust him. We can depend on his truth. You know, this weekend, Harvey Weinstein was sentenced more than a couple of decades in in prison for just some of his crimes. And after the sentencing, he spoke to the judge. And here's what he said. Just get these words. He said, while I understand we have different truths. That, that's not Okay. That's not even logically okay for those of us that understand logic and and how you walk through arguments and debates. You can't have more than one truth. You've got to decide, are you going to rely on the truth of God's word and what he's taught you? May he give us peace. Oh, I love the words of A.W. Tozer. He says, a scared world needs a fearless church. May he make us fearless. May he give us peace. May he give us truth. May we understand, as we'll discover in the next few weeks, that he is the way, the truth, the life. C.S. Lewis said, you must be asking which door is the true one, not which one pleases you best. But he also gives us the antidote to fake news. You know what that is? It's the good news. It's the real news. It's the gospel. Here's the truth of the gospel. Listen carefully. You were born separated from God because of your sin. It's not just something you did. It's who you are. It's your nature. But remember, here's the good news. He knows your nature. That sin was going to cause you to spend forever separated from God. And it was going to cause you to miss not only eternity, but the abundance that God offers you here on this side of heaven. God doesn't want that because he loves you. That's why the Bible tells us in John three sixteen that God sent his only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but can have everlasting or eternal life. Romans 5 tells us that God demonstrates his love and that while we were still sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. That's the gospel. It's the good news. And the Bible goes on to say that if you have trusted in that good news, if you've received the forgiveness because of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary, if you have that relationship with God through Christ, then listen, nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Romans chapter 8, the apostle Paul describing this says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose goes on to tell us that sickness or peril or danger or the sword or famine, nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. That's the good news. Shepherd, he was a door. And because he was a door, it it changes our perspective. The the shepherd, he's the door. (laughs) Because he's the door, That gives us protection. But the shepherd, he's the door. And because he's the door, we have his provision.
probably at, at some point today, I'm going to do the unthinkable. I'm going back to Publix. Pray for me. It's a jungle out there. Got to get some more toilet paper. A lot of people are thinking about their provisions. Do I have enough? What was Jesus saying that he was as the shepherd to the sheep? I think the most important thing he was trying to communicate. I'm your enough. I'm your provision. So, so not only am I protecting you, I'm, I'm providing for you. If you just understand I'm here, you're going to be okay. And he even says it this way. He says, I'm the way that you're saved. You see, what the door does, whatever kind of door it is, is the door is a separation. And Jesus was making clear that he is a separation. That's consistent in all of these names of Jesus. Jesus is demonstrating he is a dividing line. The God who provides also divides. And you get to decide which side of that divide you're standing on. That gospel, the good news that we just shared, demonstrates that God wants to separate you unto himself. And he wants to do that as it says in John 10, 10, for a very clear purpose. That thief, he comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I came that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. Just think about this reality. Jesus gives us life. I would take a minute and Wherever you are, as you hear these words, just repeat that to yourself. Just, just say this. Say, Jesus gives me life. I think this is an opportunity in our society for people to understand what we really believe about Jesus. Who do we understand him to be? And I need you to know that Jesus is not some genie in a bottle that hears our cry and sometimes gives us what we want. Jesus is our Savior on a cross who understood our crisis and always gives us what we need. He gives us life. And he lays it out. So let me lay it out with you before I pray. First of all, Acknowledge today that he's the one who gave you physical life. If you woke up this morning, it, it's not simply because you ate well last night. It's not because you exercised 20 minutes a day, four times a week. If you woke up this morning, it's because the creator of the universe said, all right, I'm going to gift you another day. No one's ever entered into his present a moment too soon. And you or I will not be late. He's the giver of life physically. But what Jesus was saying is I'm also giving you life eternal. I, I want to remind you once more before I pray that 
you are an eternal being. You're going to spend forever somewhere. And Jesus deeply desires that you spend forever with him. He wants you to have life, and he wants you to have it eternal. But he makes clear he also wants you to have it abundant. The Christian life is not intended to be spent in a bomb shelter. The Christian life is not about hiding and worrying about everything that's going to take place. The Christian life is about standing up and trusting Christ to give you abundance even in the midst of scarcity. Are you committed to living the abundant life? If you're a part of the family of God, if you're part of the body of Christ, the church, I think these are strategic days. I think we have the opportunity to rise and be heard. I think we have the chance to lead, to show that like our God, we're not going to be phased by this. We're going to trust him. We're going to smile. We're going to encourage one another. We're going to do kind deeds. We're going to pick up those that are hurting. And we're going to help because nothing can keep us from the love of God. And that means nothing can keep us from the abundant life he offers. What you and I have to answer is has Jesus become that door? In our little corner of the world. Am I resting in his presence. So that it's changed my perspective. Am I trusting his protection. Am I depending on his provision. Psalm 23 I first learned as a little boy. Perhaps you learned that psalm as well. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The little boy was so excited. He was just coming home from Sunday school. His teacher had taught the class well. So he was excited to share his new verse with his mother. He got in the car and she did, as I often do to my little girl. (laughs) She said, what did you learn today at church? He said, mama, I learned a new verse. And then he began to quote it. The Lord is my shepherd. He's all I want. Mom instantly picked up on the slight error in wording. But she decided it was not worth correcting. Because that's the message of who he is. The Lord, the good shepherd, our door. He's all you need. Let him be all you want today. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Would you just take a moment and would you reflect on what we've discussed? Many of my friends and church family, maybe even family members that are watching, you've got a relationship with Christ. This is a pivotal time in your life. Make sure you're trusting Him today. You can trust Him. He is present. Maybe just Pray this simple prayer. Lord, change my perspective 
for your glory. Help me to see you more. Help me to see you more. Some of you, you've gotten overcome by these things that attack us. Fear and falsehood. Maybe even the fake news. And it's just eating your lunch. I mean, you're, you're not fun to be around. You say you've got Christ in you, but it's not reflective on you. Maybe you just need to pray this prayer. Oh, Jesus, you are my protection. I trust you today. I pray for your peace that passes all understanding. Help me to walk in the truth. Stop believing the lies. Allow me today to depend on the power of the gospel. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910.